Hello, Sky friends, and thank you for joining us. I am your host and DM, Scott. As of March 13th, Seasons of Skyrend has officially hit the one-year mark. In that time, our chapters have been downloaded thousands of times, and I have met hundreds of you through Twitter, Facebook, and more. This has been an amazing journey, and I hope that we can keep telling our stories for all of you out there. But since it is our podcast birthday, we feel like celebrating. Birthdays mean presents, and we want to spread the joy around. We have presents for you, but we'd like to ask for something in return first. After all, it is our birthday. And as much as we'd love to give something to all of our fans, our resources just won't allow it. So, we're doing this as a giveaway. Here's how you can enter. First, go to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. It doesn't have to be five stars, but we would certainly appreciate it. Then, take a picture of your review and share it on Twitter by tagging us at Skyrend Podcast and using the hashtag Skyrend18. That's hashtag S-K-Y-R-E-N-D-1-8. And that's it. You're in the running. We will then take all of that positive energy and turn it into physical goodies for some lucky fans out there. We've ordered some more custom Seasons of Skyrend dice trays from NightshadeCreations.com for you to enjoy. If you go to their website and look at the Dish of Shame, that should give you a good idea. Ours have been custom made with our name on the front and the logo from Book 1 on the back. We also have some new dice sets that we want to give away. You have until April 30th, 2018 to enter. On May 1st, we'll have to close off the submission so that we can pick some winners. Winners will receive either a custom Seasons of Skyrend dice tray or a set of dice blessed with some of my DM magic. Which brings us to our next point, winner selection. I guarantee that we will give away at least one dice tray and at least one set of dice, no matter how many people enter. That's two winners right there. If we get at least 25 entries, we'll give away another dice tray and set of dice. If we make it to 50, another dice tray, another set of dice. If somehow you wonderful people push us up to 100 entries, we will give away all four dice trays and all four sets of dice. And you'll make me weep sweet tears of joy. So again, you have until April 30th, 2018 to send us a screenshot of your iTunes rating and review on Twitter with the hashtag Skyrend18 and tagging us at Skyrend Podcast to enter the Seasons of Skyrend birthday giveaway. This first year has been amazing, and it was made possible by all of the wonderful support we've received. Thank you. And now, please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. Seasons of Skyrim, a custom 5th edition D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore the world around them. I am your host and DM, Scott. Hi, my name is Shannon. I play Arnis Grey, or Grey the Great, to my fans. I am a half-elf bard. Hi, my name is Chris. I play Vale the Changeling Rogue, sometimes known as Kara Frostfall or Lord Carver Gold Dagger the Third. 
Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darwin Grimm, the human monk. Thank you for joining us. Please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. When you've been around for as long as I have, you learn that time can move both slowly and quickly. It's so very easy to put off for just one more day, but eventually, it's time to face the music. For all that our heroes do to prepare and to delay the inevitable, the time will surely come when they must act. It's the morning of the last day before Maraska's deadline. Despite her warning of drastic consequences, if you fail her, you have decided on another course of action. Rebellion. <laughs> With Darwin and Vale whispering advice, Grey the Great has become the self-proclaimed leader of the Bard's Rebellion. With almost no violence, you've convinced most of the gangs on the west side of Karami to join you in bringing down Count Valance. This includes Kaj Maral, the imposing Etten leader of a team within the Tarnished Hand, a mercenary group formerly hired to kill or capture Darwin. They don't let things like morals get in the way of a paycheck, and Arnis has promised them a vast sum of the Count's wealth. As everyone is still asleep from last night's pre-rebellion bash, Dusty tiptoes his way to Darwin, telling his former roommate that his dad wants to see him. Darwin, what do you do? Crap, forgot about this. Hi, Dusty. Hey, Darwin, good to see you again. Yeah, likewise. Um, so my dad... Yeah, he let me and a few others know at the monastery that if we see you, he'd like to talk to you. How does he know I'm here? He doesn't. Ah. I know you're here. He just put the word out. Could you... Could you tell him to meet us at the Bard's Rest? Going to the east side gonna be a little tricky for me at present. Well, you know, those guards at the Stone Pass aren't exactly above bribes. I could slip them a little something. They might look the other way for... A brother of the monastery. Mm. Sounds dangerous. It's not exactly safe over here for your dad, but I can do that if that's what you want. Fine, I'll go see my dad. Okay. So, so you and Dusty head out of the Bard's Rest. I'm, I'm going to let Vel or Aranis know hmm. first. All right, sure. You were sleeping in Aranis's room. Dusty was just being quiet, so if you want to wake up Aranis, let him know what's going on. Do it. Yeah, right sorry, ahead. but I gotta wake you to tell you this. Psst, Ernest. Oh my god, what? No. Sorry, sorry, I just need to tell you I'm gonna take a little walk. What? Apparently I gotta go see my dad. Whoa, um, wait, uh, mm, mm, um, no? No. Don't worry, Mr. Great, I'll be with him. Yeah. Did you just call me Mr. Great? Yeah. My last name is Gray, buddy. Gray the Great, so... Yeah, but Gray... All right, I... Mr. Gray, whatever you say. Uh, okay, yeah, you'll you'll be with him. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Look, I know how hard you guys can punch. I, I get it. You're formidable opponents, both of you put together. But uh, he is not safe on that side of town. Not anymore. Apparently the alternative is having my dad come to this side of town. I don't... Why is that bad? 
because he's my dad. Well, I, no, I've met your dad. I mean, you're starting a rebellion against the east side of the town. And I guess talking about bringing a rich man over. I guess it's true. Um, I uh, they, they can't meet in the middle or something, buddy. Is there a middle? The middle is the stone pass, and or, the guards are patrolling that. Ah, wait. So, is he having to go to his dad's house, or can they like meet at the monastery, neutralish ground, maybe? Could meet at the monastery. Is that easier to get into? I mean, once we get to the east side, it shouldn't be a problem. Have you told Vale? No. We're going to need to do that. I'm telling you. No, okay. We're, we're going to need to tell Vale. All right. Let's go tell Vale. Dusty, I'm really sorry. I'm going to have you hang out for a minute. Uh, he will be back. He will be back. I'm not stealing him away somewhere. RNS is de facto party leader now, so I got to do what he says. <laughs> I'm telling Dusty that. That's what I say. <laughs> I figured. I wasn't. I almost said RNS is leader of the. Wait, no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> he might um, know, but I'm not going to say no, He knows. Yeah. Everybody Anybody, knows. yeah, the word is spreading here on the west side. That's why I have to do what Arnett says. It would look bad if I was like, no. No. Okay, so we go down to, I'm get, are you you're in, in the basement? basement? You're in the basement, yeah. yeah. Sure, we're down in the basement. Fail. No, you I don't. brought Dusty with you? No, I didn't bring Dusty okay. with I told <laughs> Dusty to wait up in the room. Okay. okay. <laughs> just, just checking. What is this, my first day on the job? I'm not I a moron. Up. Come on. And instantly reach for a weapon because I don't like to be waking up and I freak out when you wake me up. Okay, I good. It's just, it's just us. We're just, okay. I, I yeah. Put the Please don't stab me. All right. Um, <laughs> I don't like to get stabbed in the morning. <laughs> Apparently his dad wants to see him. Okay. I don't know why, but it's going to mean he has to go to the east side of town. Now, I can't go with him no, for obvious reasons. That would be very bad. Um, but I'm hoping that maybe you can. Well, I can. Yeah, I can. I won't go as Kara because that doesn't sound like a good idea. Wait, am I with you guys right now? Lord Carver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah. Lord Carver could move about. Yeah, he could. Beside, well, and I'll put on my big fancy outfit and okay. you can do that. Okay. So we're with my uh, former roommate, Dusty. Okay. I need to make sure you're safe here when we leave. Most of the people who were at the party last night are still passed out downstairs. Okay. Like, in the bar. Or just outside. Okay. You don't have to worry about safety right now. Uh, we could create a couple of generals, though. But uh, we've got enough people that if the shit goes down, our has got some protection and help. Let's just go do this and get right. over with. Do it quickly. So very quickly change into Carver and his accoutrement. Um... We have no idea what he wants, so the two of you, please be cautious. Choose your words carefully. My dad's well, anything. It's his dad. It's my don't dad. don't choose your weapon unless you have to. I know it's your dad. I'm just like, it's important for me to say these things because I usually do the talking for both of you. So that's true, huh? Please be cautious. And I know he's your dad, but don't trust him. Especially not with us in the middle of this rebellion. Here's hoping Dusty has a high charisma. I can't make Dusty do the talking. He's a monk just like you, buddy. I somehow doubt it. Dusty has his own stat block, thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) He's not just like cut and paste Darwin, just like swap out a couple like features on the face, change the weapon. It's not that. Just a pellet swap. (laughs) Dusty's his own man. He's got a flail. Flail? He flails uh, when he attacks? That doesn't no, he has classy a, at all. <laughs> doesn't have to be classy, it just has to hurt. Imagine you just like 
He swings his arms like they're uh, he fights like a drunken like they're whips, just like kind of a thousand slaps. Now I'm picturing I'm like Dawson. Sure. You'll go fire. Oh my god. Okay. You'll go flame. You could totally make a stretchy monk. Fun as hell. Did you really have yoga fire and yoga flame? Mm-hmm. Those were two different things. The fire was the projectile that traveled across the screen. The flame was just the big one that stayed right in front of me. All right, that one was a bitch. Sorry. All right, so... <laughs> anyway. I'll be here when you get back. If something goes wrong, find a way to send word and... I, well, I don't know what we'll do, but we'll do something. All right, we'll get to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Arnis, you head back up to your room to let Dusty know that he... He's good to go. Uh, and you see him trying on one of your big old bard hats, just like looking at himself in the mirror. Oh, and he, as soon as he sees you, he immediately takes it off. Oh, hey, uh, sorry. Sets it down on the dresser. Hey, it looked pretty just, good on you. Maybe you should have been a bard. It's still clean. Brushes it off a little bit. It's fine. Dusty. It's just a little dusty. You're not the, you're not the first one to want to try on one of my hats. All right, Darwin, let's get you home. All right, let's go see my dad. Good luck. And you join with Lord Golddagger the Third. And tiptoe past the drunken. I do. Fine. It's a trip through Karami to the east side to see my dad. What could possibly go wrong? Thank you for that. You had to say it to me. You had to say. You you make your way out of the bar, past the drunken and sleeping members of the rebellion, and step outside. And now I get to be very happy that Vale is looking like Lord Goldagger. Because as you start to make your way through the streets and head towards Stone Pass leading to the uh, leading to the east side, you see Earl Earl. He's up early. He's an elf. He doesn't have to sleep very long. You see Earl Earl, and he is out and about with the halfling woman. Mm. Not only is she awake, but there are almost no signs of her previous injuries, save a few faded scars. The two of them are barely speaking, but Earl seems to be giving her a tour. Both appear to be in high spirits. And Olwan follows them attentively. And you notice that he and the halfling woman are holding hands. Olwan and no. the halfling woman? No. Earl, Earl, and the halfling woman are holding hands. Not in a romantic way. Uh, they don't have, like, their fingers interlaced or anything. Uh, but he doesn't seem to notice the three of you at the moment. Should we say hi, gold dagger, or uh, just keep moving? We need to keep moving. Okay, I thought so. Make a mental note, though. And he sees you go by, and he pauses. Lord Gold Dagger? What are you doing here? And, and Earl Earl starts heading your way. I thought perhaps you were still an Earl or had left on other business. He doesn't know that Goldagger and Kara are the same person? Or Vale are the same person? Nope. Shh. I feel like he did. He never saw you change unless you showed him. Okay. Well, I mean, he'd seen me as Vale, but you're right. Okay. I don't know. Um, give me a second. I don't think he'd ever seen you change into Lord Goldagger. So. Would Vale have shown I don't know. Earl that he's Goldagger? Okay. Because there was a long period that we glossed over, and if you want to say you did, then that's fine. But if not, then yes, he's very confused as to why Lord Goldagger is here. Okay, so we're just going to simply say, uh, so he asked me, what am I doing here, right? Yes, Earl Earl is not expecting to see you here in Karami. Uh, well, but he knows that I'm associated with Darwin, so I'm simply say I'm here on important business with... I'm still Oscar, aren't I? He would know you as Oscar. So, yeah, so I'd say I'm here on important business with Oscar. More important than my elven water business? More profitable? I'm just going to tell him, you know, I had a, a sudden change of heart and realized that profits aren't everything. <sighs> then I guess you weren't the businessman that I needed. 
Very well. <laughs> but he is the one you deserve. No, I deserve a businessman who's going to make me money. Very well then, uh, Carver. Now if you'll excuse us. Wow, he called me by my first name. That's a hell of an insult. Uh, you basically told him I left you into this highly lucrative deal because money's not everything. And I will simply reply, uh, that's fine, Elf, and continue on my way. <laughs> you're going to be a dick, I'll be dick right back to you. Yeah. And you can see him want to shoot back with an insult, but like something stops him, and he smiles. And he turns to the halfling woman, they nod to each other, they start heading off down the street, with all on behind. Cool. And you make your way over to the Stone Pass, which, in case anybody's forgotten, is the one road that connects the east side and the west side. It's much more heavily guarded than it has been before in any of your experiences. And as you near the Stone Pass, Dusty will turn to both of you and say, All right, just give me a second. I'll take care of the guard. Okay? All right. And he walks up, and you can see him clearly exchanging money with one of the guards, just like paying him off. Wrong monastery business, and just need to get back to the east side. So he hands him, like, a sack full of gold. A purse full of gold, not a sack. And he waves you guys over. You're cleared across the stone pass. Uh, let's go. <laughs> so, Darwin, where are you meeting your dad? Do you want to go to your, to your old house, or do you want to go to the monastery and have him be sent for? No, let's do the monastery. That's probably safer. Okay. As you enter into the east side of the city, you clearly notice that there are more guards about. Nearly on every corner, alert, patrolling, spears at the ready. And you make your way to the monastery, and as you head in, it is already more active than it should be at this time of the morning. Uh, it seems there are a lot. there's a lot of work to be done. Some of it is just normal monastery business, services and, and the like. Some of it is a bit more of Darwin's specialty services, getting ready to go out on assignment. And where do you want to wait for your dad? Just here in the, the main hall room? Yeah, yeah. Oh. The lobby. So you and... Lord Golddagger, take a seat in one of the pews. Dusty will go fetch your dad. And you can overhear some very quiet and reserved prayers. There's a few grieving families here. Just because the monastery does perform funer funerary services. And people tend to be sad. But it's not too long before Dusty returns with your father and Frederick in tow. Yeah, Frederick. Yes, uh... <laughs> Yes. And the first thing you notice about your father and Frederick is that they are dressed in much nicer clothes than usual. Uh -oh. Your family has always been wealthy. Just seems to have been kicked up a little bit. Hmm. Well, that's good. <laughs> I like money. I know you do. So, Darwin, Lord Grimm approaches, and he sees you with uh, Lord Goldagger there. He silently thanks Dusty, sends him on his way. And the first thing your dad does when he approaches you... He reaches down and gives you a big old hug. I hug him back. He's oh, my dad. That's very adorable. Son, it's it's so good to see you again. After what happened last time you were here, I was worried you'd never come back. I was too. I made sure Dusty and a few of the others here knew that if you came back, I needed to know about it. How are things? Um, things are busy. Busy how? How much does my dad know that I know about? Like, how much would I know he knows? The only thing you would probably know for certain is that he knows why you left town. 
Hmm. He probably does not know anything about what you've done since returning. Okay. Something I will tell you just for free, because this probably would not take too long to figure out if you gave it like a moment's worth of listen. They are certainly trying to suppress news of what's happening on the west side over on the east side. Okay. They do not want the rich folk to panic at all that, hey, people are starting to get antsy over there. There's this thing called the Bard's Rebellion. Okay. They're trying to keep that under wraps as much as okay. they can. Okay. I don't feel like I need to tell my dad about that either. So I'm just going to say, well, you know, the circumstances I left in were not the best. And he nods. I've made some traveling companions and been involved in a series of adventures, we shall say, which have been, I've tried to keep a low profile. I've assumed a fake name, lied about who I was everywhere, but... You know, just a long series of adventures to try to keep myself alive and out of danger. And is your friend here part of that? As he glances over to Lord Goldagger. Um, crap. Yeah, sure, why not? He's a, you know, I met him along the way. Uh, in which case, Lord Grimm will reach over to you, Lord Goldagger. Outstretch a hand. It's a pleasure to meet you. I hope your journeys with my son have been pleasant. I will return his handshake and say as, as much as as much as they can be. <laughs> so how did the two of you even meet, get together? Um, I uh, was hired on just south of Honey Hollow to help protect the trade caravan. Also, there you go. That's, That's right. not necessarily a full lie. Oh, a wealthy man and good with a weapon. I commend you for that. Yes, he is very. We'll go with the debt. I uh, mm-hmm. I do what I can. Wonderful. Um, anyways, son, Darvin, why I wanted to speak with you, of course. You may or may not know, but business has been going very well for myself I can and your mother. See that. But there is something I needed to talk to you about. Um, since you are here, and I would hate for anything to go awry, do you think we could have some privacy? Sure, we could sneak out somewhere. I'm I mean, we're safe here. Yeah, I'm sure you know of a private-ish room that you could yeah, go yeah. to. This is your monastery. So where do you take your dad for some privacy? Maybe there's like a book room or something. Absolutely. A library. Yes. Book <laughs> It's not quite a library or a study. There's not enough books for that. It's just a room that there are books. Yeah, and like all the furniture is made out of books. Like there's a big comfy <laughs> chair that's made out of books. It's all book-themed. Yeah. It's the book room. The door looks like a giant book, like <laughs> yeah. a, the cover of a book. Yeah. When you open it, there's a sound of turning pages. Yes. Wonderful. And, and you close yourself in here, away from Frederick and away from Lord Goldbacker. <laughs> well, son, uh, I did want you to know that, yes, we're making more money than ever. It's fantastic. Your mother and I are wanting for nothing, let's say. A lot of very profitable deals came my way, but unfortunately it wasn't all... Unfortunately, it wasn't what it seemed at the time. You got involved with someone bad? We were already involved with some bad folks, let's just say. But now the situation is a little bit more precarious, and I'm worried that with you here and knowing what happened before you left, there's a chance for that to all kind of take a turn for the worse. I wouldn't be here if I didn't have to. I trust that you're here for good reasons. I just want you to be aware of a certain situation that, you know, we need to be, we need to tiptoe around a little bit. And then, if this were, like, 
a movie or a TV show, we'd see the camera pull back out through the book room and back into the main hall where Lord Goldagger is sitting with Frederick in the pews as your father starts whispering to you, and this to you, much like Vale got a secret message. This time your father is telling you this stuff. Okay. Uh, Son, Count Valence has put me in a peculiar situation. Since your absence, all of my contracts have been purchased by private parties. We were earning more money than ever. But then, it came to my attention that those private parties were merely proxies. They all acted on behalf of the Count. Our livelihood is now entirely in Valence's hands. He could bankrupt us with a whim. If anything were to happen to him or our relationship, we would be done. I don't know how we could replace his finances in a reasonable amount of time. I don't know what brings you back here, but I can't act against him again. As Frederick looks over it, Lord Golddagger just kind of sizing him up without saying anything. He's being he's being polite as butlers tend to. Just because if you were going to be a person who's traveling with young Master Grimm, he wants to know what kind of person you are. He's just quietly sizing you up. And he will pull open a sack. Excuse me, sir, would you care for some something to drink? And he pulls out a tiny little wine bottle and a couple of glasses. He just pours himself one. Uh, I'm going to politely say no thanks. I'm not a drinker. Very good. He takes a small sip himself before putting everything back away. Dusty will come by. So how's Darvin been? You've been traveling with him for a while, I hear. Safe? Enough. I mean, there's natural dangers in our travels, but he's been mostly safe. I'm not going to tell him that his life is forfeit to a guy. Um... We've had our scrapes, but we managed to fight our way through. So tell me, you uh, are you a religious man? Um, not by any means. Well, you know, comes a time in every person's life when they're going to need a little religion. <laughs> and even if it's just at the very end, that's where we step in. You know, I find uh, religion doesn't serve me quite as well as this guy. As I pat my rapier. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that's all up to you. When the good Lord Coram comes a calling, though, it's better to be on his good side. I don't doubt that. <laughs> and we'll fade back over to Darvin, wrapping up this conversation here with your dad. The main reason I wanted it in private, because I don't know how much of that you want to share. Right. And if you're okay with other people hearing about that, that's fine. Okay. The same thing I did with Vale. I may share it, because I need their takes that's on fine. it. So we fade back to Darvin and his father. So, son, you see the pickle that I am in. I do, I do. It means if I get into trouble, you can't help me. Which is fine. Yes. Do you plan on getting into trouble? Because if not, then there's absolutely no worries. No trouble that I can't handle. I'm good. Wonderful. You got good people with me. He puts a very reassuring hand on your shoulder. So I'm glad to hear that, son. But why... What did, what did you mean with the part if something should happen to the count? Like, how would that affect you? I don't understand. He is the one making sure that those contracts get fulfilled for us. I see. And that revenue is important. Got it. So you need his money. Yes. Okay. I understand. Well, I've learned a long time ago that you never need a single person's money. 
just need money. Right. And he is a good source of it. Very much so. But if you are able to get other sources, that would be less of an issue. Yes. Okay. I understand. I will not do anything to jeopardize your revenue source. Thank you, son. Your mother appreciates it. Of course, referring to your stepmom. I know. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. I'm just going to go... <sighs> son, how long are you going to be in town? I am probably no more than another day. And then where? I... I don't know. Wherever the adventure takes us. I think I still owe my god a favor somewhere northish of here. Northish? Not northish. It's actually south. Southish if, of here. If you're referring to the young giant chief, that is definitely south. Yeah, south uh, of here. My dad doesn't need to know the details. No, no, of course not. Well, if I don't see you again before you leave, I wish you the best. And safe travels. I should probably be getting back home, but if you need anything, just send word. I will. Thank you, Dad. You're welcome, son. I'll give you uh, a big hug, knowing that it may be his last one for some time. I'll hug him back. It's my dad. Before he... Before the two of you walk back out into the main hall, and he collects Frederick, and the two of them leave. So it's now you, Dusty, and Lord Goldagger here in the monastery. Okay. What do you guys do? It's um, still pretty early in the morning. Don't worry about that. I think we're done here. We could head back, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think we have any reason to still be here. Okay. It's a little later in the morning, but it is still definitely morning, and the east side of Karami feels cold. Not just because of the temperature, it's a little chilly this morning, but because of the heightened guard activity. No one in the streets is meandering or taking in the beauty of the early morning. Anybody who is out and about, walking quickly and directly to their destinations. The businesses are starting to open, but the loud and usually pleasant voices of the shopkeeps are rare. You make your way back to the Stone Pass. Going back to the west side? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. And you make your way back. And you go back to where? Bard's Rest. Uh-huh. We're all back at the Bard's Rest then. What is the plan for today? I'd like to ask Durbin what happened behind closed doors. Oh, well, my dad just wanted me to know that he can't pull any strings because his business is heavily dependent right now on the Count, who apparently bought all his contracts through proxies without my dad realizing it. So your dad would have a problem if he was suddenly dead. Right. That's not how I read it at first, but then I realized he doesn't actually need the Count, he just needs his money, so if we're in charge of his assets, there shouldn't be an issue. Cool. Am I there for this conversation, yeah, yeah. or are you... Um, that depends. Arnest, did you sleep in this morning? I probably went back to sleep after after they left. Well, I mean, are you sleeping in late today? Well, yeah. I mean, I ran a rally and played and stuff last night. <laughs> okay, so you're you're coming downstairs, still a little disheveled from last night, as Darwin is explaining this. So you get to hear this. But you're still in, like, your pajamas or whatever. My barred jammas. <laughs> so, you're... Dad would be cool with us, like, basically running the place. I mean, we didn't talk about it. I didn't tell him I was involved in any sort of yeah uprising. Of course. He didn't need to know that. But I don't think it would affect him. As long as he still has, you know, those contracts coming in. Which he would, because we would then be in charge of them. Right. So it should be fine. All right. It just means if I get into any trouble and we don't kill the Count, my dad's not going to be able to help me out. I wouldn't have expected him to anyway. Unless the Count dies, I cannot count on help from my father. Alright. I'm just gonna skip over that pun like it wasn't a pun and just move on. It's too early in the morning for that shit. I haven't had coffee or more alcoholic beverage, one or the other, so... Or both. Okay. So, knowing that, it's still before noon. 
Uh, and I do believe you've all got some planning to do if you want to carry this out. Yeah. Something like that. As the morning passes, people are waking up. Some of them are leaving. Some of them are ordering more drinks. Hey, we could wait an extra day just to send Roscoe a message. No, I don't I don't want to have her, like, whatever her wrath is, I don't want it to come down on us as we're fighting the rebellion. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I'd rather get moving. All right, all right. All right, so my plan, I'm just going to start. Uh, my sure. plan for the day is I need to go, I need to go get some crossbow bolts because I've got none right now. Don't worry about that. As soon as you say, like, we need to weapon up. All of the gangs will start bringing in their supplies. Cool. Nice. Uh, I intend to try and keep the rabble as sober as possible because I need them to be able to fight. That part we'll have to get to. <laughs> um, I can help you with that. Yes. And I'm not drinking. They're less likely to drink. I uh, so. want to try and make contact with uh, Jorion and let him know the current uh, plan. Before I, need, before I let him know the current plan, I need to know what our plan is for this rebellion. Like, how is this attack going to happen, people? Uh, yes, that is exactly what I would like to know. I'd like to know that too. I mean, yeah. frankly, like you started this shit, man, and then said you talk. So, um, well, uh, the way I see it, there are two options. Option A is we all form ranks and march on the east side. Yeah. Option B would be we form majority ranks, but a smaller, sneakier group attempts to sneak in and take out the count while the majority of the forces are focused on the what will most likely end up being the battle of um, the battle of the Stone Path. <laughs> so it sounds like it's either. A full head-on assault, yeah. or have a large fight as a diversion and try to sneak it. Yep. Those, I mean, those. Are My really... concern is without you at the front of the head-on assault, it's going to fall apart. But I also don't want to split off and have you be part of the full head-on assault and, and then, then die. one or two of us off trying to do this sneaky side thing and have it go to shit. This is true. So I am as much as it's not Vale's style, more in line with the let's just march on the capital. All of us together? Mm-hmm. No secondary attack? Okay. Well, if we go with that as the primary, I can then talk to my connections about having them be the secondary. I see. Okay. That's probably the way to go, then. That's probably the way to go. Because I, I don't feel comfortable leading an army without the two Well, you all know people. exactly what I am, then I'm going to ask you one important question. And it's more a question for you, because I know for you it's not that big of a deal. Um, how do you feel about becoming members of the Denouement? <laughs> Because that's how this could go down. For you to know what's going on with the rest of the guild, you're going to need to either become members or be completely acceptable with the fact that there is going to be an assassination today, quite possibly. Well, we already know we're going to kill the dude. Yes. Wow. You're going to try to draft a bard and a monk into the assassin's It's game. not that far for him, because technically our guilds are like right and left hands here. I... As, as long as there's no conflict, which I don't think there is. Um... This definitely sounds like a larger leap for Aranus. Uh, not, I'm not becoming an assassin, ma'am. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. No. But do you have qualms about the assassins being involved in this? No, we have to assassinate a dude. Okay, cool. That's all I need to hear. I don't, like, I don't have a problem with that, but it doesn't make me one. Okay. That's true. Permanently. Then we're good. Okay. Good job, Barney. I'd have to, I would feel like I'd have to change my alignment. (laughs) I wouldn't. But What's your current alignment? Chaotic good. It's like it could still swing it, but I feel like one of those I'd, would have to change. I feel like I'd have to go neutral if I did that, and that's it's not something Arnis yeah. is going to do. At least it's one of those not. would have to change. It's just not. He's not becoming an assassin. No, that's not a thing. That's very fair. 
he's okay with the fact that we have to assassinate a dude, and so there will probably be assassins involved in it, but he's not taking that path. Yeah, that doesn't mean a career change. Right. All right. I have a career, thank you very much. Cool. Bard slash rebellion leader. My plan is I'm going to go change and seek out my... I don't want to be walking around town looking like Gold Dagger. It's a bad idea. Yeah, that seems dangerous. I'm going to go change into Kara and go searching for Dry, and that's what I'll be doing for the rest of the afternoon until we go. I'm assuming we're marching on the wall at evening? Like, are we going after lunch? When's the plan on the attack? I guess so. I mean, do we know anything about, like, changing of the guard or anything? Oh, yeah. This is all stuff that can be figured out during the planning phase. Okay. Uh, which we'll definitely get to, but if we want to let Vale go see Jiraiyan and rejoin you guys later today, that's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm good fine. with that. Okay. Vale heads off to go see Jiraiyan, which we will get back to. In the meantime, Darwin and Arnis, you're in the Bard's Rest. And a number of the gang members who are supporting you start showing up. Morale is definitely there. He wants to be at the forefront of whatever's happening. Nice. He does whatever his contract tells him to do, but he still likes a good fight. Neldon, he's there. Nashi, the young cutthroat. The first person you turn to the rebellion, he's there. He is definitely an ardent supporter of the cause. And, of course, we've got Hangway and Viljan. Who roll up. Looty! So good to see you again, buddy. Yeah. Here, we're gonna go break some elves. Yeah. That's the plan. Sounds like fun. What, so. what, what else is the plan? Or are we just breaking some elves? Uh, so the plan, uh, that's pretty much the plan. Okay, you've got... You don't have every single member of the rebellion in the Bard's Rest right now. Because that would be too many people. They would not all fit. But you do have representatives of the different factions. And a few just, like, freelancers, let's say. Just guys who want to go and fight. Nice. But that does mean that most of these forces are... These are just guys who fight. These are big, tough dudes. So they need Some of them are, a little like, quicker or smarter or a little bit more stealthy. But for the most part, this is a large physical force that you can bring to bear. Okay. They just need direction. Okay. And however much or however little you want to give them, they will act on it. But the two of you need to come up with a plan. Full frontal assault. Um, that is the general plan. In a little more detail, our aim is at the... Is it a palace? Yeah, it's that what called the... Call uh, yeah, you call it a palace. The royal house. The royal house. Okay. Our aim is the royal house and getting there. I, and I would expect all of you as well, I am not so interested in... I'm not interested in harming the citizenry. I'm interested in harming the leadership. And so that is our aim. So we're going coup d'etat, not uh, French Rebellion here. <laughs> we're not going to pull the rich out of their homes and kill them. No. We're going, like, yeah... Essentially, military coup, right? I'm here to take. I'm here to take the one house. That's what I'm here to do. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not here to take over every house. Cash morale will speak up. What if the guards get in our way? Then they're in our way. Kill them. Got it. We don't let them get in our way. If someone steps in front, tries to stop you, they become the enemy. Does that make sense? If they're not, wow. if they're not in our way, they're not our problem. They all nod. There's a couple of, like, sinister chuckles. <laughs> Melden will ask, Alright, so we take the royal house. What about all the stuff in there? 
It's got a lot of nice stuff. He's a rich elf. It's true. Ah. This whole thing really is about bringing the west side up. We're gonna... Give it to the people. Oh yeah, that's the... yeah. Um... Although you will need to be able to run the town, so you're gonna need to keep some of it. Yeah, we need to be able to control the assets, but we should be able to promise them things. So... I'm gonna promise Kazmaral something, right? So here's oh, the... Oh, yeah, we can't promise. give away all the assets. You promised the Tarnished Hand a lot of we money. We promised them a lot. Right. Basically to, like, stop being the Tarnished Hand. Basically. <laughs> like, well, to be the Tarnished Hand, a subsidiary of the Bard's Rebellion. Yeah. yeah. They'll be our police force, right? Um, yeah, that's that's essentially it. This isn't the whole... He doesn't... Kashmirol does not represent the entirety of the Tarnished Hand. He does lead a team of them. Yeah. And you can certainly hire a team, yeah. which is what you promised to do. Okay, I'm trying to figure out how to say this the way I want to say it. Okay, while it is true, he's got a formidable number of assets, gold and mm-hmm, valuables. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some of that will have to be kept there as coffers for running the town, right? The town has to run on something. It's money. However, once we determine exactly what we need to run the town, the rest goes back to the people. I like how vague that was. Well, I can't promise them the whole of the conference I know, I or know. the town's going down in flames. I'm like, not criticizing. I'm saying that was appropriately vague. Yes. How very politician-like of me. There was a very good point that you brought up. Hangway will definitely wants to follow up on. So, uh, so who's running the town after Valance is out of the way? That's a good question. We have um, not determined that, have we? No, we haven't determined that. Um, Villajan will interrupt. I think it should be us. He's referring to the room. Oh, I was like, we like, can run the city like, by committee. You do? That's true. Um, we could create a committee. Essentially, democracy. A, a, a Senate. legitimate democracy. Of, of gangsters, but still a democracy. I'm not sure I want to. Ruled by mafias. Yeah, I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, I'm all for, like, democratically elected leaders. That's great, except I don't know that I want these guys running the whole mm-hmm. town. But for now, they're because on our, it, they would stay loyal to us, which is what we need. True. They, they may be corrupt, but. Because, again, they only represent half the town. I mean, they right? will be corrupt. And so but... it's the same problem in reverse. <laughs> They will be corrupt, but that's a problem for later. Um, right? Sort of. Um, I'm going to have to run this thing for a little bit. And, and Viljean's words, everybody starts going, yeah, we could run this city. This would be ours. There are ups and downs to your plan. Well, I agree that while we figure out what assets the town has and needs mm-hmm. um, and what we can give back to all the people that those of us sort of at the forefront of the rebellion should determine those factors. I absolutely agree. I think it is unfair to the city that we be the only ones looking after it. Go ahead and roll persuasion. We'll see how well this plan flies. Oh, it's not going to fly well. (laughs) They're not going to like my ideas. You're... Your persuasion is just... It's so high. (laughs) It's stupid high. Yeah, it's a 22. (laughs) And everybody starts nodding in agreement. Oh, okay, okay. We can, we can deal with that. Let's get the deed done first. Let's get our hands on that money and figure out how to spend it. But everybody still looks to you and Darvin and Vale, of course, as the leaders of this rebellion. Except Vale's not there. Vale's not there, right? Yeah, Vale's not there right now, but they still know the three of you started this movement. So even though you are like the, the political face. head yeah. of this movement, they know that Darvin and Vale are both staunch supporters and... The slogan was a team effort. <laughs> and are certainly... They represent threats in and of themselves as well. Darvin beat a kid half to death in the street. 
It was great. When did I do that? It was so fantastic. A couple days ago. That was when we first met. Oh, yeah. I forgot. You took that kid down, and then I basically said, go tell your friends. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. That was funny. So the plan is an all-out assault. When is this going down? That's a good question. People just want to know when. We need to know when the best time is to pass over the stone bridge. The stone pass. The stone pass. Thank you. Stone pass. So we need to know when the best time is to pass over the stone pass. Is there a Mm. changing of the guard time that anyone knows about? A time when it's least defended? Okay. What they will tell you is... Like, if nobody offers information, I'm like, come on, guys, you steal from these people. Let's go. No, they've got information. They've got information. Uh, They will certainly let you know that the Stone Pass is always guarded. There is a changing of the guard, but because there are so many of them, the changing of the guard isn't exactly the best time. Because there's double the guard. There's double the guard there. Okay. When does that happen? That happens after sundown. Will be the next one. Probably a few hours past sundown. So, like, 7 o'clock at night? So sundown's the time you want to go? Well, that is the changing of the guard. No, it's, no, it's after changing sundown. Changing after sundown. Oh, okay. The sundown's at like three-ish, three or four. Okay, so we want to go at sundown. So, yeah, four is when we want to go. Mm, nice. Good red sky <laughs> for the rebellion. Hell oh, yeah. Could we... Symbolism. Could we try and divert some of the guards off the stone pass before we assault? How? I don't know, set some building pass? on fire somewhere or something. You if you set a building on fire on the west side, they're not going to respond. So they don't care if the west side okay, burns. Okay. It's, Sorry, they care. They're not risking their, themselves unless specifically ordered to do so. Just to clarify, is there like a is there a wall between the two sides? No, the stone pass is. I forget how long. It's less than a mile. It takes a good like ten minutes across the stone pass, and it's fairly wide. Maybe about good enough for like four wagons side by side to cross. Okay. Uh, and people it, do set. People in the past have set up little shops on the stone pass. They aren't currently because of the overwhelming guard presence there. Okay. Is it elevated like a... One side has some hills coming up. The other side, it kind of goes down. This is like the only connecting path in between like the two more open spaces of Karami. Okay. And there's no way to circumvent it? Well, there is. It's just, it takes time because you have to go outside of the city and go all the way around. We were talking about that. That was brought up when you guys were deciding how to get in the city. I see. It is the most direct way to get to the east side. Okay. Meaning one could not stand on this side of the stone pass and shoot an arrow with a flame on it to the other side of the stone pass. <laughs> Unlikely. Unlikely, yeah. Okay. Because that would be a convenient way to start a diversion. Yeah. You're right. We do need... Well, I, I don't think there's any way to cause a diversion. All right. Then we'll, we'll just have more casualties. I mean, unless somebody wants to do something real stupid. Like what? I don't know. Run naked through the stone pass. <laughs> Nobody? Nobody volunteers for that? I can't imagine why. I don't know. You look around at this group of gang members and mercenaries and nobody raises a hand. I am am not a military strategist. Yeah, so unless anybody has a good idea with how to cause a any sort of diversion before we head through, then we just, we Mm -hmm. go. I'm just worried that it's going to be a very short (laughs) assault if it's us against, you know, it's more than the three of you remember. I know, I know. It's a lot of people. Yeah. It's a formidable we force of people. march on the pass and let Ernest try and convince the guards to step down. I mean, there's not, no harm in letting Ernest try to be like, hey, so we know you're doing your job. You can die doing your job, or you can be part of the new regime. That's where the shot. And be a, you know, be, do your job for us when we take over. 
That might be better. I might feel safer, at least trying to lessen the number of guards we're up against. I'm okay with that plan as long as everybody has my back. <laughs> These people will because do what I'm you gonna, say. Because I'm going to be the first one to get shot at when that happens. I got you. The, the nameless masses will do as you guys suggest. Okay. For the most part. All right. Then. They might put some of their own spin on it, but... Are there other things that we need to think out? No, I think Do you have a functioning loot right now? I do. It's the creepy one, but yeah, okay. I do. It works. You can use it as... Um, I need to go see Earl Earl very quickly and ask him what the fuck is up with my loot. Well, I do that now. I kind of do want to do that now before I use it in battle. Let's go to Vale then as... Arnis goes to try to find Earl Earl. Mm. Hope you guys are happy, this rebellion. Very. If we could instill ourselves as leaders, we could make this whole city our base of operations. Certainly could instill yourselves, if this goes successfully. I don't want to um, Because most people assume those folks who lead the rebellion are then in charge after the rebellion. We don't be in charge for a minute. Like, we could, I mean, we could, in, we, we could, we could, we could install puppet leaders oh, well to us. So, uh, we go over to Vale, who is seeking out Jariah, and you will be able to find him easily enough. He's in his hideout. He has moved Lorraine out of the closet and has basically handcuffed her to a cot that is attached to the wall. She is no longer gagged, but she is under his constant watch. So, Ryan, I will kind of inform you that the plan is to lead the rebellion in a frontal attack this evening. That's certainly an aggressive and bold move. My thought would be that you could use this opportunity to, you and whatever team you put together, could use this opportunity to sneak into the, uh, to the Earl's chambers and do the deed while we are distracting the rest of the guard. I see. Well, there's a couple of things. First of all... I don't have a lot of forces in the city that I would want to bring into that sort of situation. Most of what I have are informants and spies. Children who I'm definitely not no, bringing yeah. in to this. To be frank, the best resources I have right now are you and if for some reason we trusted her, Lorraine. Yeah, I, I think that's that. And he shakes his head at that too. He's just like, I don't want to do that. Um, could you use your contacts to sow chaos on the west side? To help distract the guard? To to what? To sow chaos is oh, so fires and you know, increasing pickpocketings and things like that that would cause the guard to kind of have to peel some people off into the west side to give us more of a chance on the frontal assault. The guards don't care about crime I mean, on the west the side east right side, now. I'm sorry. The east side. Oh. Yes, we could. I mean certainly robbing people isn't our forte. Start a fire or two. Yeah. If we had a contract to take anybody out on the east side, yeah. Do you want to take a contract out on somebody on the east side? Going to be in the middle of helping fight this rebellion. Um, I mean, technically we don't just go killing people to kill them, but we would accept a job even from somebody within the guild. So if you paid the guild to kill somebody, we could kill somebody on the east side. So Uh, if we were to, say, put a contract out on, I don't know, like the captain of the guard, so that's really only going to bring more guards to where to like the guard HQ, yeah. which is by the royal house. Yeah, Sounds like it would yeah. be counter to your purposes. Um, it would have to be a civilian. There's a civilian in town. I would have zero trouble putting me. I don't think I have anyone that I have that much dislike for that's not. Um, 
It's okay, we don't have to kill anybody. Yeah. We yeah. can start some fires. Just wanted to put that out there. So, starting fires and kind of general chaos. Okay, yeah, I think we can take care of that. Uh, anything else? The other thing that could be helpful, I'm not thinking of it, it just came into my mind. I know you have lots of runners and eyes all over the cities. If you start to hear of troop movements or things like, or your people start to hear of things like barricades being set up to prevent our forward motion to the uh, Earl's house, if you could find ways to provide word to us on that, that would be probably the second most helpful thing. Okay. That's what I got. All right. And Caravale goes back to join the rebellion. Oh, you were Car then, not Lord Goldagger. Yeah. Yes. All right. <laughs> it doesn't make any difference to him. He knows. Yeah, he knows both. Does he know you were changing, or does he just assume you're wearing a disguise? It's like probably one of the handful of people in Gilda I trust, seeing as he's my mentor and my higher up contact. He would know that would change That's fine. Darvin or Arnis, we've still got some time before sundown to kick off this rebellion. What are you up to? Arnis, you said you wanted to go see Earl Earl. Super quick. I don't know what's up with my loot. Should I go with you? It's probably not a bad idea. Okay. Should be out. Probably I'll go with Arnis. Dwarvenus. Together we're. The Darvin and Arnis? I guess it's Darvinus, not Dwarvenus. I don't know where the W came from. I don't know either. Okay. So the two of you head out. You find Earl Earl at the inn where you had left him. Uh, the Broken Shield, I believe. Mm, yes, that's right. And he and Olwan and the Halfling Woman are sitting downstairs enjoying a light lunch. Hello. Wonderful to see you both again. Likewise. Are we getting ready to leave? No. Oh. Okay. I don't believe we've met, save the halfling woman. Marnus. And she shakes her head like, no, we haven't met yet. She says in a very soft voice, a pleasure. A pleasure. I'm Oscar. Mm. Thank you for doing that because I was about to. <laughs> she looks very confused for a moment. I think you mean you got a name to go with that hello? And she reaches out a hand for a shake to either one of you. You got a name I can call you? I don't know. You taking her hand? Sure. <laughs> I'll take it too after. Why do you make it a super awkward three way handshake? <laughs> <laughs> Put your hand you? over our hands yeah. and my yeah. handshake. I actually do that. That's not a joke. Why are I mean, you so worried about a handshake? Well, it's just a handshake. Because she's like crazy magical. I don't like. I don't know what's gonna happen. Plus, I've heard that handshake but, but, yeah. can be shady. But sure, it's not a greeting. It's just a greeting. But sure, I, I take a hand. Why not? I'm not fighting a war later. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you people. Okay. So the halfling woman says, a pleasure, and reaches out a hand. Arnis takes it, and then Darwin very awkwardly places a hand on top of the handshake. <laughs> like because that's how you guys like. do. <laughs> We're good with people. And when you touch her, for the both of you, you feel an immediate connection. You can feel her sorrow, her peace and her acceptance flow into you like the tide. And every time the tide goes out, you can tell that your thoughts and feelings are flowing into her. Uh-oh. What are those thoughts and feelings right now? I'm a little freaked out, frankly, by what's happening. Though it's not wholly unexpected, considering like our experiences with her before. And what about you, Darv? Um, 
I'm probably a little preoccupied with the thing we're about to do, which I don't really want her to pick up on, but, you know. That makes sense. That's what's in your mind. But you can tell that those are flowing to her, and her thoughts are flowing to you, and you both feel a little bit more calm as this happens. A little bit of anxiety is just kind of washing away. And as this tide of thoughts and emotions is going back and forth between the three of you, Darwin, you can feel what Arvinus is thinking, vice versa. The distinction between what's yours, or yours, or hers starts to blur. And she just holds that handshake and looks into your eyes. She wants you to feel the peace that she has. And what do you guys do? Uh, seriously, you got a name? <laughs> As you're still holding her hand in a handshake? Sure. I do have a name. It is very good to finally meet you. Thank you for your help in bringing me back to health. I don't think I'd be here now if it weren't for you and, of course, Earl. Oh, well, we weren't just going to leave you there. At, at that point, yeah. I'd break the handshake. Okay. Yeah, me too. Well, I assume Darwin has to if Arnus is getting the hand out of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and as you pull away, that connection between the three of you lingers for a moment. Like an echo of the waves in your ears after you leave the beach. Until eventually that fades into a dull silence. And even though it's the same silence as before, the contrast between what you just had and what you're experiencing now makes it feel emptier. What brings you to me? Oh, I'm actually here to see him. (laughs) 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 But we hadn't been introduced, so I thought it would be rude. Yeah, especially since you are a traveling companion for, what, how long? Over, over a month, right? Oh yeah, it's been a couple months. So yeah. it's good to see you up and about, and we're a little curious about, you know, the contents of that closed book. That closed book? Meaning her. Oh, meaning. Yes. Still curious, but there are more pressing matters. Anything that you wish to know, just that we can share again. You kind of get the sense that she's not used to speaking with people. She's mm-hmm. used to communicating through that physical contact. Sorry to abruptly shift gears, but we have a weird time crunch here. Earl, Earl, that loot you gave me. Yes, it's it's a fine loot. It is. Why does it sing when I play it? I don't know why you sing when you play. No, no, no. <laughs> you play very well. No. Well, thank you. No, no, not me singing. The loot sings. Well, it's my understanding when you pluck a string, they sing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most people just call that music. Okay, so there's there's a difference between like the sound of a lute and the sound of like a a humanoid voice. Maybe you should show him. Now, when I play the lute, I get lute sound mm-hmm. and the voice of a woman. Oh, you have some fans. That's wonderful. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Coming from the lute. I don't know what you're talking about. This never happened to you? No. I should roll an inside check, shouldn't I? Just real quick. Although he wasn't a very good loot player, so maybe not. It's like a 13. (laughs) He has never experienced this. He is being truthful. Alright, well can I I show you? By all means. What I'm talking about? Go ahead and show me. Uh, I would love to hear this. I'll play something. I don't even know what. Like my what do you warm play? Up, my, like my warm-up tune, but like I don't sing. Alright. I just Performance go marching it. Yeah, it's a 23. Are there lyrics to your warm-up song? 
normally there are, but I'm purposefully not sing- singing them so he doesn't think it's me that's making the okay. voice noise. He and he listens and you can see squinting in the air, just trying to listen harder. I think I hear something. Maybe. Did you play some more? Do I hear it? I don't know. Roll perception. I don't know if I hear it. Seventeen. Yes, you hear it. Okay. Darwin, you can hear this alto voice, okay. not singing the lyrics of the song, just singing an accompaniment to the melody. And Arnis, you've done this enough now that you just hear it every time. Okay. Yeah, I'm not really hearing it. Are you sure it's not just in your head? It's not, I hear it. In yours's heads? It's not. <laughs> 22. This time both he and the halfling woman can hear it. Oh, that's quite nice. It's a wonderful trick. Right? But it's not a trick. I don't know how it's happening. Neither do I. Where did you get this loot? It was a gift. From who? From From the king. From whom? (laughs) From the king? Yes, it was a birthday present. Where did the king get it? I don't know. Did he I assume he had it made, but I don't know. Did he tell you anything about it when he handed it over? No. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> he is very sure that he has never heard this before. This is all new information for him. Are you sure you're not secretly also a ventriloquist? Do you, what would I be ventriloquizing? You unknowingly are a ventriloquist. <laughs> yeah, like subconsciously. <laughs> I may, feel like you're not going to get into Maybe you have multiple personalities disorder. And one of your personalities is a ventriloquist and is running mm. her voice. Yes, because like a, like, a thing. like Scarface from Batman, the dude with a little oh, yeah, wooden yeah. doll puppet. Yeah, yeah. Who was? Yeah, like that guy. Earl, do you still remember how to play? I was never very good. But you're I could Earl. Try. You could play anything. Oh, I thank you. Would you mind giving you a shot for a minute? Okay. And you give it to him to play, and Earl Earl is going to try to pluck out a very simple nursery rhyme. Wow, and he rolls a 19. Ah, I guess my fingers haven't forgotten everything as he plays the song. And... (laughs) He crit fails his perception check, and all he can hear is the song. But Arnis, you can hear this voice again as he plays it, too. Okay, so it's the loot, not me. That's... That's what I wanted to know. Like, mm-hmm. is this something to do with the loot, or is it something to do with me being weird and magical? Okay. Well, I guess to be continued. Wait, what happened? Was it? Did, it, did mm-hmm. we hear the voice when he played? Mm-hmm. Sure, Darwin heard it too. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Earl. This has been not helpful at all. Well, it's been a little helpful. Plus, we met a cool halfling without a name. Yeah. If you want to know more about her. Just need to maintain that contact some more. Um, she will tell you more. Yeah, I'm not into that at the moment. Yeah, eventually, maybe. Maybe when I'm done taking over town. Maybe. Thank you. I take the loot back. Oh, yeah, yeah. He'll give it back. He's not going to keep it. It was yours. He gave it to you as a present. I'm oh, sorry, as a prize. You won that. I did it's yours. That. It was nice to meet you. Yes. And the halfling woman smiles and graciously nods to the both of you. She reaches out a hand, and not so much a handshake, uh, open hand, palm down, to say goodbye. But you don't have to. Um, thank you. Arnest gives a little wave. I can give, like, the most awkward wave ever. 
It's a good thing that hand wasn't palm up because I would have slapped her five. Um, <laughs> thank you. And uh, we gotta run. Uh, I'll follow suit. Okay. All right. If nobody wants to learn more about the half moon, you don't have to. And you leave. Did that lady freak you out? She freaked me out. Mm, a little bit. I mean, I think I think she's all right. We'll get to know her better later. I don't know if I want to. I mean, you know, I don't have a lot of secrets, but I don't know that I like the idea of somebody just being able to kind of poke into my head. Oh, that's true. I do have some secrets now that I well, think about it. You have more than I do. That's true. I think you would also be able to put together... It would be very hard for her to keep secrets from you as well. Yeah, yeah. That too. So it's not like she can blackmail us, because whatever she has on us, we have on her. Still, though. I got the feeling that she's not going to, you know, betray us. It's not her interest. Yeah. So we're all back at the Bard's Rest. The seat of the Bard's Rebellion. Everybody is getting ready to go. The sun will be down within the hour. And everybody's here at the Bard's Rest. Either in the bar or outside on the street. Ready for action. And it's up to you guys now. Does that mean I have to give the big, like, let's go get them speech? Probably. If you'd like, rallying the troops is probably a good idea. Probably. <laughs> Only if you want there to be a memorable speech. Unless you want oh, me to try. God, I really don't. Um, then I guess you'll try. try. <laughs> I really don't want that either. Instead, we'll stand by your side. Just generals. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Podcast art created by Vanessa Blockland. You can find more of her art on Facebook or at vanessablockland.com. Blockland spelled B-L-O-K-L-A-N-D. Podcast music by Daryl Dibber Reconos. You can find more of his music at dibber.mo or at soundcloud.com slash dibbermusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Website design by Patrick Dunkerley over at dunkdesigns.com. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrendpodcast.com. This week's chapter is made possible thanks to our wonderful cast and crew, all of you amazing listeners, and our special friends who would like to say hello. As you stop, see one of them go, and they all start, damn, Shannon's about to Alfred Hitchcock us. You hear the sound of flapping wings. As dozens, you can see just through the bushes and through the trees, more uh, ravens are approaching. And you also hear a low growl. Uh-oh. 
of something much sinister and something else. Another sound, too. You can all hear it, and it's angry, dangerous sounding. I need you all to roll initiative. This is just a taste of what D&D for D, a new Dungeons & Dragons podcast, has to offer. Get ready for a wild ride full of action, tender moments, and dick jokes? Want more? Check it out on iTunes or Google Play. That's D&D for D.